Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are that's you me. today? Good, good, good. It's prediction day. It is prediction day, and it feels like I just talked to you just a few minutes ago. So I'm having deja vu. <laughs> Here we are again. A day later, but minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like we're on, I guess – it, we'd be on like Mercury or something where a, a day is really just a few minutes or some stuff like that. Anywho, today is going to be predictions day because we hope for Friday's podcast that we're going to have a representative on from Locked On Vols to talk about the Alabama-Tennessee matchup this Saturday. And hopefully you've already listened to our other podcast this week. Um, we reviewed the Texas A&M game. We talked about some other SEC games on Tuesday's podcast. Then uh, yesterday we discussed a lot of our favorite Tennessee memories, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. I'm going to go back on YouTube and watch some old Tennessee games tonight, I think. But anyway, Jimmy, let's do get into some uh, predictions. This is not a great weekend. This is an okay weekend, and you and I talked about it earlier in the week that really the the SEC, the top seven in the SEC play the bottom seven, which is never a, an ideal matchup. But uh, let's start with um, let's just start with Auburn and Arkansas. I think that's going to be the first game of the day. It's at eleven o'clock. Is there any hope at all that Arkansas can even keep this close? Or Auburn is about a what a nineteen point favorite? Actually, I'm glad we're starting with this because uh, this will uh, maybe excite some Alabama fans, or y'all just might start throwing things at me. But uh, I like Arkansas in this game. I, I'm, I'm not telling you guys Arkansas is going to win though I love Arkansas to cover. But here's the thing. I mean, Auburn's offense is pretty questionable no matter who they're playing. It's going to be the first game without Booby Whitlow. So the Auburn offense, which has been pretty ineffective at times, should now be less effective. You're on the road in the SEC. Yes, Arkansas has been 10 levels of awful for multiple years now. But Alabama has not... Uh, played its best, you know, over there in their stadium. Arkansas just came off a game where even uh, where, where, you know, they, they can, I thought defensively Arkansas played pretty well against Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I think Arkansas is going to keep this close. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the shocker of the season is coming up Arkansas over Auburn. I'm just saying I am not going to bet my life that Auburn wins that game. I'm right there with you. I think that it could be close just because Auburn's still going to try and find its footing. And I've said multiple times I'm not in love with Booby Whitlow in terms of a um, in terms of a runner, in terms of an all-time SEC great. But I think that he's he is going to be missed. He is obviously the most reliable running back they have. And his absence will certainly be felt. And Arkansas, I mean, just the law of averages says they're going to win a game sometime. So, but I don't think it'll be this weekend, but I do think it stays uh, a little bit closer than most people believe. How about Florida and South Carolina? That's a game that's going to be interesting. Florida coming off two emotional weeks. South Carolina obviously coming off a very emotional week of their own. Um, I don't know if Alinsky's going to be ready to play. Uh, Florida is coming in at a five-point favorite, which seems low and high at the same time. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, uh, this just—I uh, I think this game lines up nicely for South Carolina, unless South Carolina has has victory hangover. 
from their gigantic win over Georgia. And I would get that if South Carolina just spends a whole week celebrating their win over Georgia and doesn't get ready for Florida. Uh, I could see that. But I, I think what I see even, e- even more obviously is Florida has just played Auburn and LSU in a row. Uh, Auburn and LSU are, are, are pretty much big, strong teams, especially defensively. I see Florida as being tired. They got to go on the road again. They might be playing a team that's really feeling themselves. Uh, they beat Georgia without Holinsky in the fourth quarter. Now Holinsky is supposedly healthy for the Florida game. I, I, I like Florida to win, and I'm not going to say South Carolina is going to win the game, but I will not be surprised at all if South Carolina wins this game. Yeah, this one is – it's probably the best game of the day, honestly. Yep. I'm a little shocked uh, about CBS selecting this next game with LSU traveling to Mississippi State. But um, as we have found out, Mississippi State – I mean, excuse me, CBS loves to take a team that uh, is is number one or number two. And they, yep. they will take, you know, Alabama or LSU in the, the better of the two games – if they're ranked one or two over something like Florida, South Carolina, which doesn't have the same national draw because they're, they're two teams that are, they're, they're not bad, but LSU is a team that everybody wants to see right now. So I guess that's their rationale, but I think Joe Moorhead is in over his head. They should call him Joe in over his head. How about that? <laughs> I think exactly what you're saying, Luke, about why, why they picked the game. I think the TV producers, they've sort of figured out, the, the producers, they figured out that everybody's got interest in their own little regional game that's going on. But in general, what we do is we sit there with the remote control and we flip between five or six games at a time. And, and maybe we're primarily watching one, but we're flipping around on our TVs. And the fact of the matter is, let's say you don't live in the South and you don't care about LSU or Mississippi State. You're, you're a Pac-12 guy. So you might be watching primarily Cal play, you know, Oregon State, and that's the game you're interested in because you live out there. Well, if the score flashes across your screen that it's in the fourth quarter and Mississippi State is beating LSU by three and LSU's number two, you're abandoning the Cal-Oregon State game and flipping over there going, oh, my God, number two might lose. And and if that's the case, just about everybody in the country is going to flip over to watch that. And I think that's why CBS likes that. Uh, obviously it's very, very rare that one or two is, is going to lose to somebody when they're a, a heavy favorite. But I, I think that, that, you know, generally why the networks like putting on the highly ranked teams, exactly that. If it ends up being close, everyone's flipping over. Well, and not only that, they either want to see the number one team uh, get upset or come close to being upset, or they want to see a number one team or number two team rumble. And I think yep. a lot of people want to check out LSU right now just because they are the uh, the new the new toy. And so I think that's probably a good play by CBS, even though Florida, South Carolina definitely is the better game. How about Kentucky giving up 25 points traveling to Georgia? That, you know, I, I – I just don't know what to expect out of Georgia this week. I mean, I guess you could right. say that Kentucky is due for uh, some comeuppance from Georgia's week against South Carolina. But, you know, maybe maybe Georgia's just not as good as we thought. And so maybe, maybe a good coach in uh, Mark Stoops can slow this game down and keep that game closer. 
Yeah, I would feel pretty good about Kentucky, especially covering here, if I knew a little bit more about their quarterback situation. I mean, I know they sort of did a makeshift deal with the with the fine athlete wide receiver Lynn Bowden playing a ton of snaps at quarterback last week, but I don't know how well that's going to work against against Georgia, who's who is pretty athletic on defense. I I think Georgia. I, I think there will be a Georgia bounce back here, but. I don't know. Like you're saying, Luke, I mean, if Kentucky was at full strength and this was going to be as good of a Kentucky team as we thought they might be with Terry Wilson and quarterback, I would be pretty adamant that Kentucky is a great bet to cover. But with their quarterback situation, I I just don't know. And I'm going to assume George is going to come out mad and play much better. That's my assumption. But you're right. I could be wrong. Georgia, the, the, the wheels – when, when something like that happens, the team either bounces back and plays mad or, or the wheels start coming off. And uh, if that game is close, you might, might want to start writing the obituary on the 2019 Georgia Bulldogs if that game is even close because Georgia should smash a Kentucky team that's down to their third or fourth quarterback. Uh, A&M Ole Miss, another good game in terms of matchup. I mean, two teams yep. that that have some players. I mean, the Plumlee's a lot of fun, even though I think he was taken out against Missouri uh, for just – he just wasn't playing that well. And then um, A&M, obviously, with, with Mond, and we just saw what they can do. They have some dudes. They don't have as many dudes as we have, but they have some dudes. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Mississippi went in there and won because if you're A&M, you want to talk about a defeated team. You, you had to feel like if you're an Aggie fan – Okay, we open up with Clemson, you know, early, and then we got Auburn at home and Bama at home. We got to win. We're going to win one of those three, and if we can get two, it's awesome. Well, you lost all three, and you didn't. You only covered in the Clemson game because of a backdoor cover. So right. you got to feel a little defeated, don't you? And so it wouldn't shock me if Ole Miss went in there and won. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is, is dangerous because they got enough dudes, and they're they're pretty good on offense, and I can see them scoring some points, but. Ultimately, I, I think AM is a good bet to win this game. I, I don't know about the covering the spread, but I, I like AM to win just this simply. Look, Texas AM, when you're playing Clemson and you're playing a good Auburn team and Alabama, and then later on you play Georgia uh, and LSU, you better freaking beat Ole Miss. You better beat Ole Miss when that's your schedule because you might not beat Georgia and LSU, and you've already lost three games. So you better beat Ole Miss uh, because what they really need is a bowl game, a decent bowl game, and and build some momentum in this offseason so they can get past this brutal schedule season and and move on to something a little more reasonable of a slate. But uh, A&M better win this game because there ain't a lot of wins left on that schedule. No, in fact, I mean, you bring up a good point. They will be on the verge of losing if they lose this one of not making a bowl game. Not making a bowl. And when you're uh yeah, when you're when you're paying 75 million guaranteed to your coach, that can be a that can be a thing. It can be a thing. Yeah. I like Ole Miss. I mean I I I, I think Ole Miss is, is playing better than I assumed they would in 2019, but they're just not as good as Texas AM. And Texas AM has to has to like, okay, okay, we're finally playing somebody our own size. Let, 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 let's go win a game here. 
Hey, so this next game is really interesting to me, and it's not interesting because of this week. It's interesting because of what they have coming up, and that's Missouri taking on Vanderbilt. And here's where this gets fun. All right, Missouri lost to Wyoming week one. We all know about it. But they've been pretty good since then. They're a 21-point favorite this week, and then they go to Kentucky, a team they should win that game at Kentucky. They should win that game regardless of where it is. Then they have an off week. And during their off week is the world's largest cocktail party, Georgia against Florida, which will be very much hyped. And then they go to Georgia. So they get Georgia in a prime spot, and they will yes. probably, 95% sure, they'll be un, um, only have that one loss to Wyoming on their docket going into that game. And if they were to win that game, they'd cruise into Atlanta. That's really amazing, assuming they can go to Atlanta or whatever the hell the rules are and whatever the NCAA ruling is because it's still up in the air as to whether Missouri is even going to be eligible for any postseason uh, trip uh, this year. But they are a great story. How they lost to Wyoming, they have to just be kicking themselves over that because, boy, Missouri would be a story if it wasn't for that. Pretty good story. Other Anyway, Kelly Bryant playing well. Uh, they have a handful of really good players. Missouri does – more under-the-radar recruiting than anybody in the SEC. Every year, I don't really know the Missouri guys, and then I watch them play, and I'm like, they have six or seven NFL players out there. Where do they find these guys? Because they're not very highly rated in recruiting. But let me tell you, watch them play, and you're like, they got dudes. And uh, and, and, and it helps when you have a winner, an experienced winner at quarterback. Uh, Missouri is going to smash Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt embarrassed themselves and the league this past week against UNLV. Oh, that, yeah. that, that loss was a disgrace. And I like Derek Mason. Vanderbilt has a trio of dudes on offense uh, in the running back. They got as good a combination of running back, receiver, tight end as anyone in this league, including Alabama. They really do. And you know what? It's, it's, it's producing nothing for them, especially this past weekend. And I, I just really do. I, I, think, I think Vanderbilt might, might make a coaching change. And, and, and at the end of the season. And it's really a shame. And since Derek seems like such a competent quality guy, but uh, that, that loss to UNLV is disgraceful. I, I think Missouri wins big as, uh, uh, as, as the, the snowball starts gathering momentum going down the hill for Vanderbilt. And then outside the conference, we'll just talk about one or two games, but um, the biggest game, I guess the only game involving two ranked teams would be Oregon and Washington, and that game is <laughs> moderately intriguing. I, I, I can't yep. really get into it because Washington has had some bad losses already. I mean, to Cal, to Arizona, and then, of course, Oregon lost to an Auburn team with a, you know, with a true freshman quarterback making his first start. So I'm not sure that either one of these teams is very good, but if Washington were to win this game, and the game is at Washington, then I think any hope – that the Pac-12 had of making the the college football playoff is done for. That's exactly right. Oregon Oregon has a pulse in the playoff. I mean, a lot of people just wrote off that Pac-12 is just out of the playoff when some losses started mounting up, and Oregon lost the marquee game to Auburn. But this is a fact. Oregon has played really well since since then, especially defensively. And Oregon has a pulse as far as the playoff goes. But you can you can put the toe tag on them if they lose to Washington. And they may because right now Washington's playing pretty well, pretty good. Washington has as many dudes as anybody's got in the Pac-12. 
and they've been a little bit of a disappointment, but they're playing at home. They can, uh, they can erase some of the disappointment with what, what they will consider, I'm sure, the marquee Pac-12 game of the year for them. And uh, I, I, I'm, I, I think Oregon is going to win. And I, I think at that point, if Oregon beats Washington in Seattle and Washington plays pretty good, but Oregon wins anyway, I think it's time to start talking about Oregon again. I, I, now, not as a team that definitely should be in the playoff, but a team we shouldn't rule out of the playoff. And the only other game that that draws my interest at all in the non-conference, and, and that's probably not fair because I'll watch all of them, but it is that Clemson-Louisville game where Clemson yeah. travels to Louisville. And Clemson, under that new regime, they just got a huge win at Wake Forest. And I call it huge. I understand that seems very weird to say, but Wake Forest was undefeated at the time. And Clemson goes in there – I mean, uh, excuse me – uh, Louisville goes in there as an underdog, and th- they get the big win. They put up 62 points. So 62. all of a sudden, that game is more interesting. I don't think they can hang with Clemson, but uh, it- it'll at least have some eyeballs on it for a little while. Well, I mean, you have to say Clemson's going to win the game, but this is another one where I love uh, the underdog with the points. I- I'm telling you, Louisville scored 62 against a pretty good football team. I'm not sure how they did it. Maybe it was a one-weekend thing. I don't know. I'm just saying Wake Forest defensively is not terrible, and Louisville scored 62. So they're not going to score 62 against Clemson, but I'm telling you, a team that can score 62 against Wake can score 32 against Clemson. And if they score 32 against Clemson, Clemson might lose this game because Clemson's not guaranteed to score 32 against Air with as much of they as they have struggled on offense at times. So I, I, I think Clemson will win. Uh, I, I'm not predicting that this game is the shocking upset, but don't, don't write this game off people. I, I get, you know, be, be interested in this score early because if, if again, they're coming off a 62 point performance, that was either a crazy fluke, or this is suddenly a really good offense. And we know they got a couple of dudes. The quarterback, Juwan Pass, I mean, he's he, he he's he's a good player. He he's he's not Trevor Lawrence, but uh, but he's a good player. And I'm sure Wake Forest thinks so. I did I not just see that Javon Pass, Juwan Pass, excuse me, is out for the year now? Didn't I just see that? Did you see that? I'm about that to find out if I saw that. Well, let's see your Google button because this is stunning to me. I did not know that. So, forget everything I just said. And by forgetting everything I just said, I'm everything I said this week. Hang on. I I swear I just saw something about that. And let me see. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to Google it as fast as I can. And uh, I've not seen. I, I swear I saw something about that. Maybe I didn't. Maybe, maybe I am completely I making know. this up. I'm not but saying boy, you're okay. wrong. I I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I haven't heard that, but I also don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't monitor Louisville football. So it, that could be the case, but <laughs> I haven't seen it. That's so typical. And if Pass is hurt and he's not playing, like I said, just forget everything I said <laughs> about that game and go ahead and forget everything I said this week. All right, Jimmy, let's move on to the Alabama-Tennessee game. Alabama, a 35-point favorite, frankly, 
I don't think it's enough. I've said that. I think I've used this prediction for three straight weeks, but I'm going to go 48 to 14 again, and it could even be worse than that. Um, I'd, you know, I'd, well, actually, that wouldn't cover. So let's go 56 to 14. 56 to 14, and I'll cover. So uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to change my prediction from the last few weeks and go uh, 56 to 14 because I think there's no chance – that Tennessee can stop Alabama and with all those new LED lights and the, and the drunkenness and the uh, everybody being mad about Devontae Smith being uh, having to sit out for the first half. Um, And then he's going to come in in the second half. He'll play even if um, Mac Jones or uh, Talia come in and he'll be, you know, he'll be the guy that probably gets to make up some of his playing time. And um, I think Alabama just rolls. I think that uh, Alabama is going to cover this line. And I know that Nick Saban, the last thing he wants to do is embarrass his good friend, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, you know, contrary to what anybody might think, Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt have a, a really good relationship. Uh, I, I'm sure Nick Saban does not want to embarrass Jeremy. Uh, but but I think two things are very reasonable in this game. Is Number one is that Alabama never punts. Never punts. I think Alabama only punted twice last week against A&M. Tennessee is not nearly as good on defense as Texas A&M. Uh, so Alabama may not punt. Secondly, even though Alabama hasn't looked like it's 2011 self on defense, there were signs last week that the defense may be coming around, and now they're playing one of the most inept offenses in all of Power 5 football. I think it's reasonable to expect Alabama to shut them out defensively. So Tennessee may score zero. Alabama may never punt. That adds up to a really ridiculous score. But that said, I'm going to say Alabama does cover. I'm going with a score very similar to the one Luke says every week. (laughs) I think Alabama wins this game 49 to 10. Uh, and if I'm wrong, uh, I'm underestimating the, the ass whooping that's coming. Uh, but again, I, I think Nick is going to try to avoid uh, doing anything that, that would look like running up the score. But Alabama may not be able to help themselves stay out of the end zone on offense and shut Tennessee out on defense. But uh, but I'll go 49-10. Um. I'm trying to. I'm looking back really quickly about the Alabama-Tennessee football rivalry here, and I want to see how many games have been lately. I mean, here here are the the last few scores. So, and I think they, this will be similar. The only one in that that's the outlier is the 2015 game, um, yep. where you know last year is 56 to 21. Year before that, 45 to seven, and they only scored on a pick six from, ironically enough, to a Tungle Bailoa, uh, 49 10, and then 19 14, of course, in 15, 34 to 20 in 14, but it was really worse than that, 45 to 10, 44 to 13, 37 to six, 41 to 10. I mean, and then you go back to to 09, it was 12 to 10, obviously. And even in 08, it was 29 to 9 and, and then 41-17 in Saban's first year. So, I mean, history tells us we're going to get at least 48 points. And, and I, I would that, say, honestly, as bad as, as, as unbelievable as the streak <laughs> is, Luke, I would say that this is, in the past 13 years, one of the worst Tennessee teams. This Agreed. is one of the worst Tennessee teams of the of the during the incredible Alabama win streak. 
this may be the worst of the Tennessee teams or, or, or near the worst. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. So go ahead and put your house money and mortgages and insurance and, you know, maybe keep a little something in escrow, but I think you can bet most of everything you own on this, right, Jimmy? Oh yeah. 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 That's great advice. Uh, all that, that money you're saving up to buy something for the little late, the little lady of the house. No, no, no. Bet that too. For Christmas. Yeah. 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 The children's Christmas gifts. Bet it all. Alabama. Um, all right, man. I know you that you're on your way to uh, Mississippi right now. God bless you. I am and going uh, to Mississippi. I'm in Mississippi. We're, we're, I'm podcasting from Mississippi as we speak. May, sir, may your travels be safe. Thank you. I, Thank you. I just watched Lord of the Rings. I was trying to. I was trying to sound like one of them. <laughs> you didn't. I I didn't think I did. As soon as it was coming out, I was like. Yeah, that would be like from the southern part of the Shire, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, buddy. Thanks for another fantastic podcast. And next time we get together, we'll have somebody from Locked On Vols with us. Fantastic. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, buddy.